I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. And I'm April, sex toy maven, VP of Hot Octopus, and I've dedicated my life to the business of sex. We're two people with a passion for educating and inspiring shame-free conversations about sex and relationships. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to ShamelessSex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at PurePleasureShop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hey, everybody. This episode is another sad one. What do you mean? Because it's about breakups. What's a breakup song? It wasn't that sad, actually. No, but you had a good breakup song, didn't you? I don't know. They have to listen to, oh, to learn. Oh, she sings on the episode, actually. it's Some people good. don't like that. It's nice singing and it's quick. Oh, yeah. I, well, so we've done a, a couple breakup episodes. And it's usually when one of us is going through a breakup. And we talk about you know our own lessons and experiences with breakups. And they're fucking hard. Well, and I didn't announce my breakup on the thing. You announced we did a breakup episode with your breakup. I just announced mine on an intro to an episode. So yes. did, I didn't want to make it about I don't like making it about me. I don't like it. I don't mind making it about me. I and, know. You love it. And I don't, it's but, the only child. Yeah. You? The only child of me. And also, well, it was it, it was educational. It wasn't just like here is my story everyone and it was like here's what you know some tips that i've learned along the way of what works and how we can use them as lessons and the things that help us to move through it but now we have dr alice and ash repeat guests of what do we say four to five episodes i think it's number four okay so this might be your fourth time still the number one episode on our, on our show episode whatever the number is how to eat pussy like a champ is still the number one to this day she is amazing absolutely amazing and she's talking about breakups and whether you are going through a breakup you just went through one yeah my breakup someday i don't know but she has far more applicable tools than i ever knew how to apply to, to breakups and i think that she's super helpful she might be someone you want to work with if you're going through a breakup so. breakups are not not just if you're boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend, ah. girlfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend, or partnered. It can be you're married, you're it, you're in a polyamorous relationship, you're in open. There are so many different dynamics yeah. to a breakup. So if if you're uh, wondering if you fit in, into this, um, it's about moving on from a relationship. Sometimes friendship could be involved in that. Yeah, I've had breakups with friends that there is no sexuality involved. That's hard. She does describe it as like this. This can be applied to other relationships too. So. Uh, um, yeah, super helpful episode, really interesting, and she's an amazing public speaker. So I'll give you the other sad news, and then I'll give you good news. Other sad news, we lost our TikTok. Wah, wah, wah. Go follow us on TikTok at Shameless Sex Podcast. We're trying to rebuild it right now. We have now. a new one. We have a new one. Yeah, it's new. We have so many awesome videos. They're both educational and entertaining, and then you can see some clips from these episodes on the interwebs on your phone we lost it because we were flagged for content that they awesome. deemed uh breaking their community guidelines which honestly to everyone out there listening we were not breaking any community guidelines we do our best to perform and present everything in an educational way and we're not showing any body parts nudity if the content is explicit we actually do uh, narrow it to we beep things out we bleep it and we we censor in a way that it can be relatable and so we're unhappy about that however we're not we're at the powers of the people that own all these platforms so like us 
on not like us. I mean follow. like us. Just like us on TikTok. Just like us and follow us everywhere. And if you don't have TikTok, that's okay. Instagram's there. Facebook we don't really interact with. Sorry. But it's my grandma's sad about that. We have it though. She lo- my grandma there. loves Facebook. She's like, You never responded to my thing. And I'm like, sorry, grandma. I'm I didn't know. Really, I'm not kidding. She's eighty eight. Oh I'm like, motherfucker, God. what? You're on yeah, I love her. That's, love maybe, you, Grandma. Well, maybe we should do more Facebook for Grandma. I w- she would f- love that. Oh my gosh. Okay, we'll, we'll now, censor that one too. Okay, we're adding that. <laughs> then add Twitter and all the other things. Fuck. If someone else makes another platform, I'd be really pissed. Okay. So the good news. Hey everyone, do you like Jeopardy? That's trademark. We're not sponsored by Jeopardy. We have a Discord, which is a online platform or an app where that is free is all chat based although there are video options there where we're doing a jeopardy once again a monthly jeopardy with sex questions and i know i will be there for sure it's october 13th 6 p.m uh pacific time not pacific standard time right chip right we're in pacific time uh so california time and the link to sign up is in the episode's description you just it'll all, be daylight time by then i think because daylight time, no it's at the end is it's, that november no, it's early november okay. but then at, but so anyways you go and sign up just be a part of our discord community it's where people can meet other people from the shameless sex community and make friends and we you said this was so fun last time it was I couldn't so come. much fun i had i haven't created the questions yet you oh my god oh. I, you and i should do it together because you would come up with some really good I'm ones really, i love that kind It'd of be creative like, stuff i think we gave an example of this like so the, the spot between the genitals and the anus gooch what is the oh yes we just had this <laughs> what is the periwinkle <laughs> that's my dog all right anyways that's ready not for the spot yes, sex yes i am yes i am <laughs> that's not going to be the answer to one of this, the questions why okay. not uh it's my dog that's I me mean, what is our tiktok follow us <laughs> what is our tiktok name at shameless sex podcast uh, nailed it all right <laughs> sex question i listened to your experts alicia and erwan talking about leaving all the initiation to the vulva owner but if i did that we would never have sex my wife has not initiated since the last time we conceived our child many years ago Minnie was like 15 plus by the way she says she enjoys sex when we have it and i always make sure she orgasms but she does not need sex in the same way i do it sounds like a lot of other hetero relationship dynamics with kids are similar am i missing something here i'd love to be desired again but i'm afraid that feeling is now long gone i want to just say this is a penis owner this is a penis owner yeah and i'm gonna say so and i understand what they're speaking to so this episode with alicia and erwan that was released off the look up but uh, only a couple weeks ago when they were saying this whole piece about remember Erwan this is actually why we got kicked off TikTok because of the positions episode <laughs> it's not their fault it was just we did an episode with them that uh, like blew up and then all of a sudden we lost TikTok but Erwan was saying let the vulva owner come to you if you know as the penis owner or or let's take gender out of it as as just the person that wants to, to engage in sex let the vulva owner come to you instead of you being like, hey, you want to fuck right now? But what I'm when I read the sex question, I totally get why that's confusing for you. And I don't think exactly what Erwan was saying was just hang out and wait for them to come to you. I think what they're saying is when you start engaging in sexual activity, including flirting, light touching, petting, snuggling, kissing, hugging, you know, things that aren't even sex. I'm doing air quotes. You want to build up their arousal and desire and let them come to you and want you so much that they're the ones initiating. And so I don't really know if if you're trying that already. You know, are you are you doing prolonged 
when I say foreplay, I, I feel like that's just such a bullshit term, but you know, like kissing, t- like titillating the skin, um, the verbal things that we can say. We just did an episode on sexy talk and dirty talk. All the ways you can warm up the mind, body, and spirit that are non-genital based, non-sexual based to make your partner, not make them, let's take that out, to inspire your partner to be like, I want more, I want more, I want more. And I think he was speaking more to that than so you're still initiating all of that. I think he's, I don't know. What do you think about that? I have a few pieces. First of all, they may have different erotic landscapes, a lot erotic blueprints, uh, meaning. Oh yeah. I personally, when it comes to initiating sex, I can initiate sex. I want to know that my partner's turned on first. And most of the time I, I don't expect that. And, and even when I'm horny, I'm like, Hey, I'm, turned on right now and i won't no, initiate you, you it make but yeah i'll <laughs> say i'll say something to the effect of how you feeling and i tend to lean into partners that are more uh of the initiators and when i'm even this is over the course of my entire life that hasn't shifted and i think i'm not saying that you're sexually incompatible but when I heard Erwan say that as well, I was not in agreement with that because I get it. Wait for the vulva owner. If you're in a heterosexual partnership to be turned on is one thing. And if I don't want sex and my partner's initiating, I'm like, no, fucking back the fuck off. Cause I will, I will cut a bitch right now. Right. <laughs> like I will cut. I, will, will. I won't, will. I won't hurt them physically, but I'm like, no, no. I'm like, don't touch me right now. Uh, but I'm horny a lot of times. And the initiation process because of the way I am, I, I guess the way my brain works with, especially with sexual turn on, I like to know that they're turned on because that helps me get more turned on. It's, it's something about that dynamic. So my, I, my advice would be lean in or learn more about your partner's erotic blueprint. And we have an episode with Jaya. 126. About this. I actually 126. know that one. Nice. Yeah. And then there's been other pieces too. When, when we've even recited work from Esther Perel about mating in captivity, they've had, uh, which is a book that came out many years ago, 2015 yeah. or 12. We hope to have her as a guest someday. She, we are manifesting this. Yes. Uh, she's a genius. And that book, you can get it on Audible. Or she's a lot of talks too, like free She work. does, mm-hmm. yes. And th- she has a, almost a podcast with actual real interviews with different folks out there. And those pieces are helpful because they're real life examples. And they're also something you can apply now because there's no switch that can be um, making you be desired again or the feeling being alive. That's not just going to happen overnight. Eat some pill, eat this blue pill and everything is going to be great. Eat this red pill and you will portal to a new dimension. And now I'm on Mars. Uh, so, so the episode that they're speaking to is episode 292 with se- called Sex, Pos- Sex Positions and the Art of Penetration. And I yeah, I agree with what you're saying, April, that, you, again, you, you know, obviously can't make someone all of a sudden desire you again. But you can. And then and I and I, you know, April and I don't have kids. We know a lot of people that do. I, when you add in these other, you know, facets of life that make things more complicated, um, it is common for people to to kind of just focus on life instead of sexuality in the relationship. And so this is the time to get curious and maybe hire a coach, a therapist, yeah. you know, go into deeper work. That's Not good. that we're broken, uh, but more so like, I, you know, we're good. I want to be great or we're okay. And I want to be good. And, you know, I, I want deeper connection with you. And it's not just about, I mean, I, it's probably not just about sex. There's probably a lot more to it. Um, 
but like the whole initiation thing, initiation isn't just initiating sex. It, it happens from the moment that we, you know, I look at April and I'm like, Hey girl, you're looking really good in that. It's outfit like when you right come now. home from work or you come home from something or yeah. you come into a situation. Maybe you're on a romantic retreat together at a hotel for 24 hours just to get away. Yeah. It is it's about the whole process. It's not just about foreplay or touching each other. It's about what is the energy exchange, like the dynamic. If you're like, "Hey, can you go get me a cup of tea right now?" Get me a cup of tea. Hey, if that turns you on, I'll get you a fucking cup of tea. Yes, but <laughs> if I feel like I'm being bossed around or yeah. I'm not, so I'd be like, can well, I? Well, this offer is the curiosity piece. Right. Asking your partner what is their love, well, love language is another one, you know, what inspires their turn on? Like April talked about the erotic blueprints, but also love languages. What inspires them to go into their turn on place or to, to say, I'm totally fine initiating 80 to 90% of the time. And sometimes I would love to feel your desire for me. And here's how I feel desired. But what are some ways that you feel comfortable showing me your desire? And how can we put those together? And you and hopefully her work can be to, to do that sometimes. And if you find that it doesn't happen, therapist, coach, go seek help. Or you bust out this one sex toy and every time it's just as you don't bust it out and turn it out. You just show them. Be like, hey, see this? I'm ready. It's like the gavel. The judge's well, gavel. See, I was, the way I would do that if I was the penis, you know, in a heterosexual relationship as a penis owner, I would whip out something that would give her all kinds of orgasms and be like, yeah. hey. This so. happened the other night, though. And I will say just just to let you know, this happened the other night. My partner was super turned on and I wasn't feeling it. And he busted out my magic wand and Uber lube. And I was like. I'm not feeling it. And he's still, like, really? Still no. I was just a no. Yeah. I was like, no. Yeah. And I That's, started to try. No. Yes. And I like started to put the, the vibrator on. He was like touching me and kissing me. And I was like, I just... I'm not no. into it right now. And then he got super bummed. And I was like, hey, it's not about you right now. My body, I just... I'm not feeling turned on right now. And I'm sorry. And I can try. But do I want to? Like, let's just... Can we do this? Like, give me like tomorrow. Yeah. Or, and if I still don't feel it, it might like, be a week, Who it knows? might be a week, but m your body changes. So, yeah. and that's a shameless admission because I am always fucking horny, but I was like, yeah. period, bloat, whatever. I had a tough day. Yeah. I don't remember. There was so many different scenarios. I'm so. not always horny no. at all. And, and I, like, I usually I'm, am though. I'm yeah, weird you're, for me. I was April's like, DTF happening? and I'm, I'm more like energetically easily turned on. Uh, and, but when I have a hard, no, I have a hard, no, I'm just like, I'm just not right there right now. Like it just, no, just snuggles. Like just, and it's I just, usually like, like let my hard no like feel it but i was feeling like as soon as we dropped in i was like oh no this is a definite no yeah not, no. not a definite maybe it's no, no. it's a definite, no, it definite maybe i was like definitely no when and you when you get the no like, you got uh, and it's, yeah i think we all it's really important for consent and everything for us to honor our nose honor our partner's nose sometimes we can push them a little further and check them out but then when we get the real no we got to honor that because otherwise we're yes. pushing our boundaries too far and if that continued if that were happening to me many 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 times i would have to check in with myself and figure out what What's was happening on? if it's hormonal yeah. if it's if it's relational right if it's yeah. a relational thing because I for for myself and I know you as well I mean sex is is an indicator for me of what's going on with my my own body and mind and for or me, the outside world even uh, yes. like stresses and in, in, you know your your parents or your right. friends or whatever like so that's when the self-pleasure practice comes yeah. in there's a bunch of different things there's yeah. some so many different fucking dynamics yeah humans are complicated therapy therapy red 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 pill 
therapy no blue pill right. therapy matrix <laughs> all right therapy i'm just kidding well uh dr allison ash actually is someone you could see for this exact issue i really don't pop pills i just watched the matrix and i was like that's such an interesting thing so what would have happened if he would have eaten the other pill um he would have turned to a dinosaur <laughs> t-rex T- no a pterodactyl or, oh with flying wings. I was hoping for a brachiosaurus. Oh, the brontosaurus. Brontosaurus. They're vegetarians, cool, so cool, they're gotcha. real. <laughs> All right, ready for a bio? We ha- we are definitely losing people. They're like fucking Amy All right, and April. Stay with us. Amazing episode. It guys. is true. This episode's badass. Dr. Allison Ash, aka Dr. Allie, is a trauma-informed intimacy coach and educator, Stanford University lecturer, author, and founder of TurnOn.Love. She designs workshops, courses, and retreats, and offers individuals and couples coaching to give others the tools to discover their desires and confidently pursue them. Turn on pleasure intimacy and love at turnon.love and for info on dr ali's upcoming sexual and emotional intimacy skills master course starting january 2023 visit turnon.love intimacy Well, everyone, guess what time it is? It is interview time, and April has a little intro song for you. The moment I break up, before I put on my makeup, I say, say a little, little prayer for Addison Ash. Forever <laughs> and ever. All right. So, okay. So, anyways, we're here with Dr. Allison Ash. Uh, third or fourth time? What are we on? Do you remember? I, I think it's fourth. I think this is my fourth. Yeah. Fourth. And still our number one downloaded episode of all How time. How to Eat Pussy Like a Champ came out four years ago and still bypasses all of the episodes to this day. And that's not what we're talking about today. But if you have not listened to that episode, go check it out. Uh, She's also talked about how to be an intuitive lover, uh, multiple topics. So uh, today we're talking about breakups um, and they're hard and they're sad. And I know it's not as exciting as eating pussy like a champ, but maybe we can learn how to do breakups like a champ. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) So uh, if you've listened to our past podcast episodes with Allison, you already know about Dr. Allison Ash. Uh, and welcome back to the show, Dr. Allison Ash. And can you please tell our listeners how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality? Oh, gosh. Well, let's see. I have a PhD from uh, Stanford in studying sex and gender. And so my academic start was there. And I was doing research on college hookup culture and the orgasm gap. And why women in heterodynamics were orgasming so much less often than their male counterparts. And I was working on this research for maybe three or four years with my advisor. And we published a paper. It was like really profound in a top journal. And then they moved on to the next project. And I was like, wait, there's so much here. How do we actually like stop there from being an orgasm gap, right? Where, where's the application of the stuff that we're learning and researching? How do we create real world change? Because I think that feeling empowered in the bedrooms so that we can have pleasurable sexual encounters, so that we can feel fully expressed that our needs, wants, boundaries, and capacities matter is so pivotal to having just a nourishing and empowered life all around. We're going to talk about the end and the beginning, but you have an offering coming up about just, well, tell us what you're offering in the beginning and then we'll continue on the end too, right? 
Sure. Uh, so I teach a course called Sexual and Emotional Intimacy Skills Master Course, and it is an eight-week virtual course that goes over a huge number of skills that I think is relevant for being able to maintain healthy emotional and sexual intimacy. So if you want to deepen the intimacy in your existing relationships, or if you want to figure out how to have more nourishing relationships than you do currently, this is the class for you. I also want to give you some clout because one of the pieces of advice I have taken back from you out of your words and something you shared, and I don't remember on which episode it was, but communicating in the bedroom and the tapping system, if you can't use your actual words. And I've talked about that on various shows before, because it's such a helpful piece. And you're just a genius when it comes. And I say that with full intent to give you props because you're a fucking genius. So thank you. And I have, I have friends that have worked with you personally for your coaching program. And we can talk about that later, but with the one-on-one that are like, oh my God, she's changed my life. But we're here for other purposes. Um, so uh, here we go. So let's talk about breakups. And as we said, breakups suck. You said that before we started recording. What are some of the signs you should break the fuck up? Oh, man. Well, I think what's hard about breakups is that we can feel very different about breaking up if we are in a moment of fighting than if we've just had some hot sex versus if we've gone out and had some hot flirty interactions at the club versus you have no social life because of pandemic or you're a workaholic or whatever else, right? There's all of these different situational factors at play that can make it confusing and hard to know, should I break up? Are enough of my needs being met enough of the time? And also, uh, what's the role of NRE, new relationship energy here? And when that wears off, we can be more discerning than we are when we are in that intoxicating flood of chemicals that we get in NRE land. And so sometimes that means that we are able to see flaws that we weren't able to see initially, but also sometimes there's a way that we can chase that NRE high. And so that's another way that it can feel a little complicated in terms of assessing fit, right? It's not a black or white science. And I think that's why so many people struggle in the should I break up phase of the breakup process, because let's face it, that's a phase. It's a hard phase too, because you also get these outside uh, perspectives from your friends and your family and and maybe you maybe you're asking for it or not but you have all these different opinions on what you should or shouldn't do and ultimately I, I guess maybe I'll make this a question and would you say that ultimately it comes down to you and your own process and and or trust uh, the peanut gallery or just yeah let's just listen <laughs> what to all the peanut gallery saying? all the peanuts are right all right the legumes <laughs> You know, I have to say that I think there's a little bit of a both and not a 50-50, but I think we do want to consider both because it is most important to your own sense of your internal truth. You need to know what your standards are. You need to know what your non-negotiables are. Nobody's going to meet 100% of your needs 100% of the time, but you do need to understand what are the needs that you need to have met by your partner most of the time, what you're able to outsource and what you're not able to outsource. Hmm. At the same time, I work with so many people out there that can have a really skewed perception of abundance versus scarcity, for example, 
or a really skewed perception of their own sense of self-worth and what they're deserving, or a skewed perception on how amazing their partner may be. Mm. And I think that we do want to take the input from our very trusted few. Now, if you have a super conservative parent or a friend who's always the naysayer and super critical, okay, maybe you're not trusting those valued opinions. But if everybody that you know and love is speaking the same tune to you, I think that there's something there that you might want to consider. Mm. I think that's, that's very valuable advice and easier said than done, everyone. Well, and that's why I we'll usually don't in. do it. Well, yeah, easier said than done, right? Because everyone can say all these things. It doesn't mean your system is going to be ready. So that brings me to uh, top tips for navigating breakups with as much success or ease as possible. We can get into like, what if the tethers are there and you can't pull them? But let's talk about the tips right now for trying to make it like a smooth way or as smooth as possible to uh, detach. Right. Well, I think the first thing to realize, as you pointed to, is the fact that when we are in a deep connection, if we have an attachment bond particularly, then there's a limbic connection that we have with our loved ones. And that means that it is excruciatingly painful in our body, in our nervous systems to even think about breaking up, let alone breaking up. And that means that we need to take exquisite care of ourselves. And that uh, includes engaging in self-care. It includes reaching out to friends and loved ones for support and telling them where you're at, that you're um, going, especially if you know that you're going to break up and you can tell your trusted few that this is on the horizon so that they can make some space in their calendars to show up for you and to offer you the support that you need so that you don't have to go through it alone. Because the reality is, is that part of what's so hard about breakups is not just the loss of this relationship. It's also the loss of the future that you envisioned with them. It's the loss of the comfort and the sense of security and familiarity that you have with them. And so that can feel very disruptive. And whatever brings you soothing in terms of your self-care practice, as well as the friends and loved ones that you have, it's so important to bring those resources online. Yeah, it's almost breakups, divorce. I consider a divorce breakup with paperwork is really what I what I think of it as. And I'm not saying that, but it's there's, a breakup. there's no difference really when it comes to relational. Of course, there's assets and children a lot of times with divorces. However, it is the loss or the death of something, which is why it can feel so hard. And that's why I think... And for me, I am such a lover. So breakups, whether it's uh, a deep partnership or even something that wasn't so deep, it was maybe a, a person that you were banging out with for a few weeks and you kind of got attached to because you're like, this person's really cool. That can also feel like the loss of something that was good. It was a hookup. Maybe it wasn't a full relational move-in situation. Uh, I, so I just want to give honor to all sorts of different relationship dynamics. When we're talking about breaking up, it is the loss of something. So I love that you kind of paid homage to uh, that as well within the context of this conversation. So what if you 
no, you should, you should break up. I feel like this question was probably made, made for me, but I didn't write it. Uh, uh, what if- no, 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 no. I have, I have been there many times. Oh, good. Okay. So it's for, maybe excuse for everyone. Me, excuse me. Like most of our friends have been in this place. I, it's true. And yeah. yes. And and I feel like the, the comfortability piece comes in a lot here. I don't want to hear what you have to say, Dr. Allison Ash about this, because what if you know you should break up, but you feel like you just can't do it? Well, I know. (laughs) So many people prefer the certainty of misery over the misery of uncertainty. Ah, that's so good. You should talk about that one. Say that again. I got to write it down. Say Say it again one more time. People prefer the certainty of misery over the misery of uncertainty. Oh, damn. It's the fear of the unknown. And it's also not only the fear of the unknown, but it's likely a deep-seated belief in scarcity. And sometimes that's coming from real lived experiences of scarcity, of there not being a good enough dating pool, of feeling like, I'm going to do air quotes here for the audio listeners. All the good ones are taken. Oh, <laughs> heard that so many times. No fishies in the sea. Oh, come on. Right, right. Eight billion people now, people. There's eight billion. But I know. There's no one good, no one better than this one really hard one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or this feeling that you don't have access to the dating pool that you want to have access to, that you can't meet the kind of people that you would like to partner with or like to date. And sometimes these can be real issues and seeing a dating coach and intimacy coach and therapist can be so important because it can actually help you change some of your uh, skills and circumstances so that you can have more access. But I think that's only one part of a fear of scarcity. There's also just this belief in there being nobody else that's going to be good enough or better for you. And so then we settle. And when we settle and our needs are not met over the long term, we build resentment. And the more resentment we build, the more angry we get, the more we fight. And inevitably, that's what pushes us to breakups. And so there is this process that happens in its own time with its own current and force. And I think what can be helpful to realize is that with enough intentional awareness and insight and resolve and oftentimes collaboration, we might be able to get to a place where we can transition a relationship before that level of resentment has accrued before we're so angry because our needs have been unmet for so long. I can uh, 100% relate to this uh, feeling. Um, well, I, I, it was a feeling kind of of, of stuckness and, and needing a kind of a natural process to happen to unstuck. And I think my experience, I've had multiple experiences of that. Um, and one would be, which I we are doing an episode on actually, would be more of like the, um, the charismatic narcissistic spell, um, which we're not, that's not what we're here focused on today, but we have an episode that we will be talking about that in the future. Featuring um, Amy's past partner. Just kidding. <laughs> and also, <laughs> uh, yeah, the protagonist like, in um, this story. But yeah, so we're here to talk about, but also uh, a perfectly wonderful person, the person that was uh, three or four years younger than me, we were talking about in the last podcast, mm-hmm. actually, who I, I knew it was just 
it was just the end, but I couldn't let go of it because I believed in it so much and that there was no one better out. You know, this is the dream guy, but you know, he's not fully invested. He's, I was 25, he's 21. We started dating. Like, of course he wasn't like, Hey, let's do this forever. Uh, and, and so I can, I, I like that you're sharing all these different perspectives there on why this might be so challenging for people to, to pull the tethers. And it's not, it's definitely easier said than done. So with that, Breakups are fucking hard. So how can people cope with a breakup, especially when they're feeling so much sadness, loss, grief? What do they do? The first thing is to accept that breakups suck, yeah. right? Like there's nothing that I'm going to tell you in this podcast that's going to make breakups not suck. I'm so sorry. I wish I had that cure. I would be really rich oh, and probably no longer working <laughs> if magical pill had that capacity. Um, right. So it's give yourself a break and prepare for it to be hard. So see what you can clear out of your calendar. Give yourself time to be messy, to not have to worry about what you look like, to get to have all the ice cream that you want and watch the crappy movies that you want, but maybe not the rom-coms that are going to make you feel sad. Maybe watch the action flicks and the sci-fis or whatever else that you can get into. Watch the badass comedians that just make you laugh and, and allowing yourself to indulge a little bit. It's allowing yourself to self-soothe in whatever ways feel accessible, even if they're not the most high status praised. I'm doing my yoga, eating my healthy food and having my smoothie and going for the run kinds of things. You'll get there. But in the beginning, just do whatever it is that brings you that amount of soothing that you can find. Fuck so the answer yes. is ice cream, basically. Ice cream <laughs> and empowering <laughs> movies. Yeah. I, totally. I, I love that. I, and giving your, yourself permission to feel the feelings and numbing out is easier, right? Like distracting yourself is, is cool. But also it's I cool. realize <laughs> no, distracting yourself is cool. It can That's be cool. Awesome. Yeah. It can be. You're like, I want to go out and, and have dinner with my friends. And then coming home, you're like, I'm by myself right now. And I am not going to text my X or however you want to, or I'm going to drink two glasses of wine, name them, title them, or I'm going to drink two, but I'm going to cry it out right now, or I'm going to be fucking pissed. I'm going to break this dish outside. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Call me when you do that. Cause I love that shit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. when I went through a hard breakup and I wanted to, like, I, and I, we're going to get to this question. It, it's kind of, is that when we did voodoo? It's the context. Amy, don't give away the, the, the plot of the whole story. <laughs> and I got so mad, but I, Amy came over and we, I got a voodoo doll and uh it was for it was for a, the boss for it, it was a secret Santa and I didn't choose it it chose me and so it came with like the needles and everything but it was about a boss and so I use a voodoo doll no. and I had my French friend tell me that I needed to put this person on ice so I like wrote his name and put him on ice in the freezer because like she can't he can't hurt you so explain what that means when you put oh, them on ice so you write their name on a piece of paper and you roll it up in a little ball and you I put it in a little package and photo, I seal though, right? it no no photo? there's no photo okay. just the name the full name and you write it with intention and you roll it up into the tiniest little ball and you put it in, in the freezer until you want to take them out because then they can't hurt you anymore. It's like this. She's from Paris and she's like, "This is the French way." <laughs> you know how many how many things my mother has on ice in the freezer? I was like, "Oh my!" Right. So, so I was like, "I'm doing it," and it worked. I felt like it worked. 
And I was like, you're not going to get me now. You're on ice. So, um, voodoo doll, though. We, we, but we, the voodoo we, doll. We put a face on it. <laughs> so we, you know what? He soothes you, so, April. I love yes. it. <laughs> yeah. So don't fuck with me, man. Tell you. And, uh, so, and I had my, my, my coven of women come over with, with the breakup. And, and it is one thing that I want to honor when there's anger. If there's been, if there's resentment and anger, right? If the exit, it happens because there is this, maybe there's some lack of integrity on one side. However, the breakup, happens there can be anger and these feelings of resentment there could be a lot of sadness there could be depression and feeling the feelings is really important but but okay but let's talk about this anger <laughs> what about <laughs> when people feel angry i mean, put I, them mean on I just so love this rant because it is a hysterical but also b really highlighting the range that breakups bring and i think we do need to do the things that are soothing and we do need to emote and not just avoid and distract which we need plenty of we need that avoid, the ability to avoid and distract and not shame that that has its place and purpose we also need to face the feelings and ride the waves and whether that's grief and or anger which i happen to think can very much feel intertwined uh, oh, yeah. right and the ex physical expression of that can be so helpful. So for me, I love getting in the freeway, rolling down the windows and I screaming. I thought you were going to say freezer. I thought you were going to say freezer. But <laughs> <laughs> you roll down the windows and scream? I scream because there's something for windows me down. about like feeling like maybe somebody could hear me, but I'm going so fast. Oh. Nobody will know that it's me. So there's I do like, the opposite. I, I keep them up and then I scream at the top of my lungs. But but okay, so yours, so yours is that maybe someone might hear me okay i, this I like, is my I like thing. it yeah i like it you got yeah. your thing right yeah. the rage rooms are also fantastic have you ever done a range room no what's rage a rage room? room please tell me uh, can you smash things? where can we find one yes, yes <laughs> they're all over and you get this protective garb and all these like bats and mallets and things and they have old electronics and things and you just have 20 minutes and you put on like whatever music you want and you just what? go bonkers oh my god we need to go i stat i needed that <laughs> Well, we can still do it. I mean, I would have brought the voodoo doll as well. I mean, I would have brought <laughs> no, the voodoo no, no. doll. I, the I burned the, the voodoo doll in the temple of Burning Man this year. Did I give you that voodoo doll? Yeah, you burn? did. It's dead now. Oh. It, it went off. Well, it's not dead. It's transitioned. I gave you some other things. For <laughs> anyway, okay. So that's cool, yeah. Allison. I like these rage rooms. Okay, okay. What else you got? Mm -hmm. I yeah, know what, you got more. What else? I know. Now I'm like, please tell me more. Um, I really like smashing things. So going to the dollar store or the thrift store, whatever you can find, garage sale, buying some old ceramics, and then finding a place where you're not going to create too much of a mess. It's going to be a safety hazard. Just, you know, a little PSA. Don't do it in like next to a schoolyard or something, but just like find your place and like not just smash them against the wall, but verbalize and vocalize as you're smashing it. What is it that you need to say? What is it that you need to express and scream it and let it out? And there is sometimes an, a witnessing element. I think that's why I like to roll down the windows. So if you want to, and that's what's so beautiful about your friendship is, you know, like she's like, let me know when you're ready. I want to be there. Like, having, I stab some shit. Yeah. <laughs> having a witness can be great. So look, calling your best friend to come and smash some stuff with you can be even more cathartic. Mm. Well, I also, uh, everyone that was there was only four women, but they all, bared witness to me cutting our pictures in half. And I was like, this is me cutting our relationship. And like we, we've ceremony. All, it was a ceremony. And that's the thing, giving intention, because I was like, you hurt me. 
and this hurts yeah. and I am done. And they're they're in in when I got a divorce and this isn't about me, of course, but everybody's different. And my divorce was less uh, of a cathartic experience. It was more of like this really strange where I didn't do all the ritualistic things that I feel like helped me. And, and Amy was a huge part of, of helping me heal and not being like, fuck that guy. She's like, Hey, feel these things. And let's just honor your feelings and know that it's time to, for you to honor yourself. And I was like, and go find someone to work with. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. That, that is well. That also don't do the work on your own. And I mm-hmm. also have done what you're talking about. Um, not just takeaways, but also slash some tires. I, no, I'm no I've not slashed <laughs> tires. I've talked to April out of doing that actually. Yes, um, yes, yeah, don't do that. Everyone no keying cars, no slashing tires. Um, but I have done a similar ritual as you for, um, it was, well, the ex partner we're talking about, what did we break up? Like five the times. Narcissist. Yeah. Like five times. We're going to say his narcissistic tendencies. Um, Anyways, uh, did uh, it was the women's march? Was that two thousand seventeen? Not two thousand seventeen. Um, and I went with two friends to the thrift store, and we got a bunch of old plates. But we what we did is took sharpies and wrote on them, and wrote our messages. And then we got some like big old ceramic like ducks and things, you know. And it took took bats, but we laid Where'd down. Where'd you go? Uh, our friend's house. I can't say names, but our friend's house in her backyard oh. downtown, actually. So we're like, sorry, neighbors. Uh, but we said we put out a tarp so that it would collect all the matter. Mm-hmm. And we wrote our messages because all three of us felt hurt um, through just heart, some sort of heartbreak. And we wrote our messages and then we just smashed that shit. And it felt so good. I think I was crying mm-hmm. during it. Um, you know, it just it just like that cathartic process that needed to come through felt so powerful. So yeah, done. I've done that. We like we like to break things. And what about lighting things on fire? How do you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I am a burner. So, you know, I, there's a time and a place. But again, make sure you have your safety, safety. first. <laughs> um, um, yeah. I'll say that when we're thinking about the breakup process, it's also important to note that it's not linear. So you're going to have your anger phases. You're going to have your crying phases. You're going to have your empowered, I'm going to do me and reclaim phases and and to allow for some spaciousness in all of that and to notice when the shoulds are coming in and you're creating that uh, second arrow that buddhist concept of the second arrow so the first arrow is the breakup Mm. and the second arrow that's causing pain is your judgment around how you're relating to the breakup and how you should be doing it better And so noticing when that second arrow is coming in and where you can give yourself a little bit more permission to be in whatever phase of the breakup that you're in. And we don't want to get stuck. We're not, I'm not advocating that you wallow. Um, I do think just as, uh, as you're pointing to that, it's really helpful to get some support and some therapeutic support. If you feel like you are getting too stuck, but to just realize that this isn't a linear process, that sometimes you're going to be feeling better and then you're going to have a crappy day that comes out of nowhere and to almost anticipate that and give some space for that to, to unfold, I think can be really normalizing and helpful mm. and de-shamifying. I cried last night about a breakup that happened in 2019, not about wanting to be with that person, about new pain that came up. And it was not about sadness or missing that person. It was new anger uh, and hurt and pieces that have 
continued to unfold. And it's what 2022 broke up in 2019. Wow. But I was, you know, letting myself like ball and feel it. And, you know, 99% of the time, I don't feel that. But it, it just sometimes it comes out because there was a lot of hurt, I and a lot of pain. I won't throw out uh, the sweatshirt that I wore for a month straight. I didn't shower or mm-hmm. like take off this sweatshirt. That was my comfort blanket, like a cocoon that through my divorce did not take it off. I won't throw it away. I haven't worn it since then, since 2016. I like look at it and it's like my homage to like my my marriage and my divorce. Like I like it has holes and it's it doesn't. It, um, that's the same thing. It's yeah. like you can't sometimes you just need the, it's like a totem, right? It's mm-hmm. like a totem that you need to hold on to. Well, it's a journey too. And right? It's a journey. It's not, it's, it's not just like, all right, one and done. And even though no. I, I, I did feel after the breakup in you can borrow my breakup sweatshirt if you I'll, I'll it. borrow it. I mean, I'm 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 fine. And when I say I'm fine, I'm not I'm not like um is has nothing to uh, like I have no desire to be with this person I have like zero and felt that since 2019 like not even one second of of desiring that but it took me five and a half years to get there and so I don't need that sweater but I'm just sweatshirt, saying it's a sweatshirt. sweatshirt sorry sweatshirt but I you know but I but I'm just saying that like like you're saying it's a journey or a roller coaster it doesn't mean that it'll all be clear and especially I feel like maybe this could be a question the longer you're in something, maybe the more challenging or or longer the process might be. I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, maybe it's not like a hard rule, but what do you think about that? I do think there is some effect of duration of a relationship because you have so much of your life intertwined and enmeshed and this level of integration that can be really hard to detangle from. But I also think it can feel really invalidating for people for whom are in shorter relationships but fell really hard mm-hmm. and they still feel so crushed because they can get that narrative from their friends of, oh, you were only with him for two months. Get over it already. And and sometimes it can feel like just this real quick attachment bond mm-hmm. and and there's different levels of of attachment, and I think it is important to note that. But breakups can feel really hard, even when you have had a shorter a shorter period of time. It can, and it can feel that second arrow of other people not validating that it's hard. You know, can also be really challenging of not getting that same social support that you might get otherwise. That's a good point. Dr. Ash. Uh, <laughs> Dr. I always want to say Allison. I'm like, no, I need to give you a, Dr. a clout. Uh, because it doesn't necessarily, you can be emotionally bonded to someone very quickly and not know them very long. I mean, history sometimes doesn't serve us well. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast is free to you because of our amazing sponsors like UberLube. UberLube is a luxurious silicone lubricant that can enhance your sex and intimacy. UberLube's unique formula is velvety, long-lasting, with no flavor or scent, and it feels absolutely incredible on the body. There are thousands of doctors recommending UberLube to their patients because it's less likely to throw off your pH than most other lubes. So whether you want to make your hot sex even hotter or you want to prevent dryness, take our advice and check out our favorite go-to, UberLube. UberLube isn't just for sex. I use it for massage, to tame my frizzy hair, to prevent chafing, even for oral sex sessions. I love how it comes in a beautiful bottle with a pump top for easy access, appearing more like a cosmetic product so you can leave it on your nightstand shamelessly. UberLube is without a doubt my favorite lube and countless listeners agree, often stating, we never knew lube could be this good. 
To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com. Use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by OMGS.com. OMGS combines scientific research of real Volvo owners so you can learn shame-free techniques on how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied 20,000 plus people of all ages and turned the research into animated modules, short videos, and beautiful infographics that are tasteful and easy to understand. Whether you want to learn about external pleasure, internal stimulation, or techniques with toys, OMGS can help you master vulva pleasure. Let me tell you, I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it's been changing their lives because knowledge really can activate your pleasure power. OMGS is for anyone who cares about vulva pleasure and wants to take it to the next level. OMGS can help you become a sexual strategist by equipping you with the tools you need to unlock your pleasure potential. Plus, your OMGS purchase helps fund more pleasure research. OMG, that's great. Only pay once and these techniques are yours forever. That's right. This is not a subscription service and you don't need to download a thing. So go to omgs.com shameless to get 10% off when you purchase any OMGS season. Again, go to omgs.com shameless to get 10% off right now. Time to pursue your pleasure. And now back to the show. We've been alluding to this a little bit it, throughout like the different tangents that we've been going on, but what can breakups teach us or how can we use them as uh, a, a toolbox for moving forward in our lives? It's such an important question because there is so much growth that is coming out of these transitional experiences. They're very potent and very powerful. And ideally, Every relationship that we have is better than the one that we had before it, that mm -hmm. we know more of both what we need as well as what we don't want to do without. Like, oh, I really love that about this person that I was with. Great. You, you now know that this is part of what you need moving forward. This is valuable, hard-earned wisdom that you have. And I think something that can be really helpful to do is to engage in a reflection process where you're exploring some intentional questions post-breakup. And I think this can be helpful to do several months out of a breakup. When you're past that kind of shock phase and the real trauma of the separation and the detangling and the limbic pain of, of the breakup, <clears throat> because it's helpful to have a little bit more perspective. But certain questions that could be really useful are things like, you know, what I love and appreciated about them. What worked for me? What didn't work for me? What were some things that I can own about how I showed up that uh, wasn't helpful or, or maybe made the relationship challenging? What are some things that I now know that I need moving forward? What are some things that I want to make amends for? What are some things that I would like to receive amends for? And sometimes you can actually have a conversation like this with your ex uh, at a later date. And sometimes they're not available for something like that. And even if they're not available for this kind of more conscious uncoupling way of moving through a breakup process, this, you know, we're all kind of shaking our heads because it sounds so lovely and it can Run feel so... Yeah. yeah, it's just like, you know... <laughs> but she didn't create it, everyone. No, she we have the it. author on our show. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, and the reality is, is that the, the, yeah, there's a phrase conscious uncoupling, which means a certain thing, but the reality is, is that we can break up in ways that feel more intentional and ways that feel really sloppy and messy. <laughs> and when we're thinking about the more intentional end of the spectrum, that can include this kind of self-reflection and meeting back up and sharing it with your ex and going over this. Cause that can be a way to find this mythical sense of closure that we all want. And you know, maybe mythical is not the right adjective to use. I just say that because I think people are like hanging on for this, like this fix. It's part of this prescription of like this fix. that's going to make us ball. Like if I only gonna, had maybe this, it's, it's everything fictional. Be it's fictional yeah. right. on some level, that's right? right? Yeah, that's right. But there is a way that you can kind of feel like you're tying up loose ends and that you're getting this perspective and perspective can help give that feeling of completion. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, and so sometimes being able to share things in a way that you're not able to share it in the end of a relationship or breakup phase uh, later down the line can feel really healing. So what, so you're talking about this closure conversation. Uh, mm -hmm. So like how, maybe this will make this a two-part question. How would I say April and I broke up, which we're never going to do because we're together forever. Sorry, April, you stuck with me for, for life. But say April and I were together for eight years and we broke up and we took this time apart and I would like to initiate a closure conversation. What maybe some tools, like what that would look like. And then what if the partner's unwilling? What if I'm like, April, I want to have this conversation with you. And she's a no to that. What can I do within myself? to have my own closure yeah other question. than break shit <laughs> well i think the first thing is to notice when you're asking for this conversation if you're asking to have this conversation and you've just broken up it might be very different than if you reach out a few months four or five six months down the line so timing is an important thing to consider uh, I would wait for a while. Well, I mean, it depends on your relationship dynamic. You might have the kind of relationship where you can say, let's meet up in four months and have a conversation then. Or you might not have that kind of dynamic when you're breaking up and just reach out several months down the line and, and ask for consent. Hey, I would love to have a conversation with you to share some reflections that I have about our time together and to see if you have any reflections that you're open to sharing with me. Are you available for something like that? And if this is kind of coming out of left field, this isn't maybe something that is familiar to either one of you, you might give them some more specifics. Some things I would love to share with you include things that I've learned and ways that I've grown and some things that I want to apologize for and some things I want to offer forgiveness for. And I want to share about some of the positive times that we had together and some positive wishes and intentions that I have for you. And um, I want to give some space to answer any questions that you might have. Um, and, and there's actually a couple of questions that I'm noticing that I have that I think would be helpful for me to know as we're, you know, really completing this, this relationship that we shared. I also I love, I love that. And I also want to add to that, Allison, something that has been helpful when I've reached out to, to previous or ex partners. I always say previous. I'm like, no, not, not like I'm not a widower or a widow. Yes. Yeah. I'm like ex partners. Um, but like, don't, I, it, and you can correct me if you think that this is not good advice, but Allison, uh, but don't expect to hear back. And I feel like the spaciousness because sometimes I reached out to, um, my, 
my ex-husband like a year and a half or two years ago. um, And we hadn't spoken in years. And I WhatsApped him and I just, I gave him um, a lot of accolades and just said, I, you know, I, I hope you know how much you meant to me. And I know that there was a lot of hurt when we uh, split ways. And I just want you to know that you deserve just so much love. And I honor and want you to know I honor every year. And I will honor like you at moving forward in my life always because you're such a fucking cool person. And thank you for what you've done with me. And I was like, I don't expect you. And I said, I'm like, you do not have to answer this. I just want you to know this information. And this was years later. And I and I promised myself, I'm like, I have no expectations with sending this message. And um, when I did receive a message back, I was like, yeah, but and it was it was also really nice when he wasn't like fuck you motherfucker he was like hey it's like a like, bonus he was something. really sweet so I don't know what you have to say about that and um, I'm just sharing a personal story because that is very personal to me and it took me a long time to reach out because I had a lot of shame and guilt about our breakup and I was uh I was not ready so I don't know if you have anything to share um in, in those regards as well I think that's a really, a really important question though and I love the way that you approached that and I have to say it takes an incredible amount of strength to to say you don't have to respond and to be able to offer that kind of gift without needing to receive, to want to receive in return, but not needing it. And I want to applaud the fact that you took the time that you needed to be able to do it in that kind of a way, because I imagine that there were a lot of points earlier in your history where you might have even been able to say that, but not actually fully mean it. And Mm -hmm. that setting you up for a lot of pain and maybe pulling you back into the grief process. And energetically, it lands very differently for the other person when there are these implicit strings attached. And um, and so I, I just think that it's so beautiful the way that you approach that. And I'm really delighted that he was able to reciprocate. And I think that mm-hmm. there's really healing there for both of you. Mm-hmm. I was so excited to hear from him too. And I was like, thank you. And, and everything yeah. you said is true. That, Cause I, I actually, I was the, so I was like the stand in not therapist, non-therapist for their relationship a lot where I come and visit them maybe a couple of times a year in LA and they would talk about their relationship and he is such a wonderful, wonderful human. You know, she's not bullshitting, right? Like we're not saying go bullshit someone like everything you was great. great. Every yeah. year was fabulous, <laughs> you know, but they, there, there really was a lot of love there. So we're not saying to go, you know, we're saying be authentic. That's what you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can still totally stand by you. There were hard that. years too, but I never, I did, that wasn't, days. it wasn't important at that point. Yeah. Like I wanted to address how great the years that we shared together were and like the overall. So it, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And yes, I was fully authentic. And I think uh, that's one piece, though. I think sometimes people will reach out and expect something. And I think expectations, yeah, if you can limit those. That's important because expectations really do. They can just lead to disappointment. So have zero expectations. Honor yourself. And I think lead with love would be my advice. But like that's up to the human. But that's what my advice would be. So I, I really did not intend for this to happen on this day. But this morning I sent a text message to the person I broke up. But we, we mutually broke up with each other in 2019. Um, and the way I set it up was I don't have any expectations. And but essentially, I'm, you know, I'm the one that's uncovering a lot of uh, deep anger and hurt. And, um, and again, we're not going to talk a lot about that relationship on this episode. But the way I ended it was, um, I, you don't have to respond. 
And you, and I'm just like, I'm letting you know, I still, I'm pulling up old anger and resentment and stuff that I wasn't aware of that is, is here now. And if you want to hear me in it, then I'm here and available for that. And if you don't, I don't need you for that. I can go and do that on my own. I'll burn it down on my own and take care of myself. I'm well supported. And your response will actually inform me on how we will engage in public. We can just be peaceful acquaintances and that's, that's fine. Cause and, Santa Cruz be small. Yo. Yes, yes. Santa Cruz so, is small. And I wasn't, I said, and this is not a threat, you know, this is my truth. And so it was a kind of a different approach, a little bit more of like, there's new stuff here. And also I said, I can't guarantee we're going to be friends and family after either. Cause, because that's just where I'm at with this piece there too. And, um, and that, he responded and she hasn't looked, I haven't looked yet. at it yet. I haven't <laughs> looked at it responded yet. So yeah, yeah, that's a whole different episode, but still authentic though. And I sat with it. I sent that message to two different friends to ask them to look. Why don't you send it to me? I'm, I'm not you an busy. expert. You busy. And just and to look it over to make sure it wasn't like, um, full of any sort of bullshit or wasn't pointing fingers or that it was that it felt and they would ask me questions back. And so I think that this is helpful, which brings me to just the last question before we want to know more about you. But what if so he did respond? He did. Um, I haven't looked at it yet. I might I think it's, it might say that he's willing to talk. I don't know. Do you want to read I, it on air, Amy? No, I'm just here. Kidding. Let's read it on air. But <laughs> if he but here's the thing. I said it one, if he didn't respond, I'm just fucking fine. It's I'm fine. Maybe and I because I have lots of therapists and friends and I've done a lot of work around this. And when I say fine, I know people are like, I'm okay, I'm fine. But I when I say fine, I mean I know how to navigate this and I don't have to do it with this person. What if the person's unwilling though. There are no, and now I have to go and they're not Amy where I'm like, I can do this on my like own. You sent the supported. message with this heartfelt, emotional context and they, and they're and like, they just, no, they, I won't they, talk to they you. They iced you. Yeah. And you're, and you don't have the skills, tools or support. What are some of the skills, tools or support when someone is a no and you're trying to ask for closure? Well, I think the first piece is when you're answering these reflection questions, processing your breakup, you're already engaging in the completion process without them. They don't need to be a part of that at all. And that's that empowering reclaiming of your own energy, your own autonomy, your own wisdom, and your own sense of truth. And so going through a process of exploring how you feel and what you learned about a breakup is deeply valuable, whether or not they're going to hear it. And it can be painful if they're not available to show up for that conversation. And so being with that pain and frustration can is a part of the process. And then finding somebody who will witness you in it. And maybe you can do a role play. Maybe they're willing to be a stand-in for your ex. Uh, that I'm, can, at April. I'm like, April, you want to be mine? <laughs> I, could, I could probably try. I, I bet I do a good job. <laughs> it can be very helpful to simulate it as much as you can. Imagine getting to say it to them. Um, even writing them a letter that you can't send to them because you want to abide by consent. And if they're not available for the conversation, it's important that you honor their needs for space and boundary. But you can still write them a letter as if you were sending it to them and imagine that they're getting to hear it. And it isn't going to feel the same. It isn't. That's the reality of it. But to outsource your healing on their availability for that conversation is unfair to you and disempowering. 
You do not need to have that conversation with them to move on and to find the healing that you seek. But you might not be able to do that completely on your own. So having friends, having a therapist and coach, getting the support that you need, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, there's a huge amount of wisdom and courage when you reach out in these kinds of times of need. That's the thing. And that's where having you on the show so many times, I learned something from you every single time you're on the show because you are just so brilliant. And the way that you speak to all humans, it doesn't matter the gender, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, your upbringing, no matter how long you've been in a relationship, no matter what your experiences are, I feel like you really do speak to all humans. And thank you for that. Dr. Allison Ash, <laughs> uh, which brings me to our final question. And of course, it's not it's not a goodbye. It's almost a see you later because you'll be on our show again because you have so many gifts and so many tools. Um, but we tell folks how, uh, number one, your other work that you do, because there's so many different facets of your work. Uh, also, how people can find and work with you. I don't know if you're still doing one-on-ones or what that looks like, but please share more about you. I'd be happy to. Yeah. My website is turnon.love. So you can go there and find out all about my workshop offerings, my live and on-demand classes, my sexual and emotional intimacy skills master course, and my coaching practice. I am still working with individuals and couples. And I also have a whole team of turnon.love coaches working with me now who are trained in my philosophy and methodology that are fully equipped to support you in being able to cultivate the level of intimacy that you want, whether it's dealing with a breakup or dating and finding the next person that you want to partner with or improving the quality of your relationship so that it can be more nourishing and enduring. And these are all things that I or my coaches would love to support you with. And remind us of your course again, one more time that's coming up. Yes. Sexual and emotional intimacy skills. It's an eight week virtual course. It's uh, participatory. So there's a large cohort of folks that you'll get to do the class with, but everything is optional. So if you don't want to do an exercise or discussion, you can always sit it out and everything is recorded. So if you can't catch something live, it's uh, all available for you. And we go over things like how to take care of your nervous system and be more embodied and have more emotional intelligence and be more empathetic and how do you flirt and seduce and actually express desire in ways that's going to allow those desires to be met more often? How do you um, get out of your head and be in your body and increase your capacity for pleasure so you can have and give more pleasure and exploring your fantasies and unpacking any shame that might be preventing you from having the level of pleasure that you would like. And then of course, we'll talk about the nitty and gritties, uh, uh, and gritty of consent and conflict and how to heal uh, when we have ruptures in relationships so that we can actually deepen intimacy and get closer after we have fights rather than feeling more distant and farther apart. And we'll talk about how do you pick partners and how do you end relationships, which I have to say, even if you're partnered, because this class is great for people who are single as well as partnered and monogamous as well as non-monogamous. So even if you're in a monogamous partnered relationship, 
you are picking partners all the time. You're picking friendships, you're picking work colleagues, you're picking relationships all the time. And you're also ending relationships all the time. And learning how to work with grief and how to end relationships is so valuable. We are sorely missing in our society an understanding of how to end relationships in healthy ways. Mm -hmm. And so I think that this is um, something that's a, a valuable skill to include. Mm -hmm. Fuck yes. And I should just call you Dr. Allie because that actually is AKA Dr. Allison. Dr. Allie. You always have the best. That's launching. So that that course is dropping in October 2022. That course is dropping in January of 23. Okay. Okay. January 2023, y'all. Sign up, y'all. So sign up. And tickets are uh, more affordable the earlier you get them. So don't wait. Okay. Do not so wait. Turn on dot love. You'll, you'll hear this all. <laughs> you'll also, I know you, you, you may, uh, the, all of the links to all of, uh, Dr. Ali's work will be on our website, shamelesssex.com. Um, and you can of course find, um, all of this on shameless sex podcast on Instagram. Ah, I don't like saying goodbye to you, Ali, but all right. Sorry, Dr. Allie. Doctor. <laughs> I always feel so funny when I say doctor, but it's true. It's true. You sound sexy when you I say know, that. Doctor. Especially uh, when you say it like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, and we will see you again very soon. And thank you for all of the things that you just contribute to the world. Uh, so much gratitude. Thank you to all of our listeners out there, the shameless sex revolutionaries. Share this with your with your mom, your dad, your friends, your grandma, grandpa, your dog. anyone that's over 18. And yeah. then when they turn 18, <laughs> get that, you send them the link on their 18th birthday. Just send it to them because you know what? It helps the world have more shameless sex. And we love each and every one of you. Go ahead, give us a five-star review on iTunes and now Spotify. It helps more people find people like Dr. Ali, who offer this beautiful world of navigating breakups, but also navigating relationships. We love you all. We'll see you next Tuesday for another episode of Shameless Sex. Ciao for now. Bye. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com and for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.